If you believe, then just throw on a pair of your comfiest, coziest headphones and get ready to enjoy another episode of RSL Season Pass, brought to you by your fearless hosts, Alex, Ethan, and Cody, as they bring you up to speed on all the latest news and rumors about Real Salt Lake. Hello, everybody, and welcome to RSL Season Pass. I am Ethan Kershaw, and I am joined today by Cody Kershaw and not Alex Maurer, joined today by Parker Michael. Is that correct? That's correct. Parker Michael, to bring you all things Real Salt Lake throughout this week. We've got a fantastic episode on tap for you. We are recording one day late as Sunday was Father's Day, spending time with the family and our fathers. And uh, today we are going to get into the RSL subject matter. Um, we've got our pod trivia question, not at the beginning of the episode, it'll be somewhere in the middle of this one as it's not going to be official because no Alex Maurer this week. We've got our Monarchs Minute, I'll be taking over for duties on that one. Um, looks like nothing from our Royal Roundup. We do have three different sets of pieces from the Club News section, and then we're going to review the DC United game, which is a really fun, thrilling game to watch. And then we're going to go ahead and preview the St. Louis game and the Minnesota game. Back to a double game preview for this week's episode. And excited to uh, to bring this one to you all. Cody, we're going to start it off with you. How are you doing this fine evening? I'm doing good. Uh, it's been a really great weekend. We've had a lot of good weather. Uh, today was super windy in Salt Lake. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's been a good weekend. Spent Father's Day with family. Um Saturday, we got blown out in our soccer game, and uh, luckily, that's the last one of this part of the season, and uh, we'll start up again in about two months, and hopefully, we'll uh, look to do a little bit better in the second half of the season, so we're going to forget the first half. We'll look forward to the second, uh, hopefully, like RSL's season, maybe. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm doing good. Good. Good luck with that. And uh, hopefully to cheer you up, we're going to talk about a good result for RSL and um, some good pieces of RSL news to make you a little bit happier today. Before we do that, Parker, my friend, joining us today for this episode, as we mentioned, Alex Maurer, unable to make it. He had an issue with his apartment. Um, I guess they were installing AC and they cut the cable for his uh, his internet. And his internet's going to be out for the foreseeable future. So um, very sad for Alex, but we're happy to have you, Parker, joining us on this episode today. How are you doing this evening, my friend? I'm super happy to be here. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm doing great. Uh, it was a uh, just flew in from out of town on Saturday. Best way to recover from that is with a three day weekend. So happy Juneteenth to you all. Hope you got the day off as well. Yes, yes. But I'm doing good. Missed out on my game on Saturday because I was on a plane. Um, but here it didn't go too well, so I don't think I missed out on much. <laughs> yeah. But we got the good RSL result that uh, evening, so plenty yeah. to be happy about and super excited for this upcoming match. Yeah, yeah. Where'd Sweet. you go to? I was in New- North Carolina for work. Nice. So, was there Monday through early, well, late Friday, actually. Cool. But yeah, that Eastern time is something else. I bet. <laughs> and then you get back, and I don't know if you have jet lag already, but... That's a whole oh, I'm still, I think I still have jet lag, to be honest. <laughs> Jeez. Ethan, Man, how are awesome. you doing? Thank you for asking, Cody. I am doing fantastic today. Um, as I mentioned, we're recording on a late Monday night and sending this episode over to Alex after to uh, do some editing magic with the limited internet access he may have. So it'll be a fun episode today, um, but I'm, I'm doing great. We've just had a ton of great RSL news um just things keep getting better and better for the team at this point in the season which i didn't think i'd be saying that right now um we're going to talk about that and you know as park talked about we're going to preview the next two games this week for you so that you're all ready to go to watch some some rsl action this week um if you haven't already though before we do dive into the episode be sure to follow rsl season pass you can find us at RSL Season Pass on Twitter, and you can also find all of our episodes at www.rslseasonpass.com. Be sure to head on over there and to listen to any past episodes you may have missed. Also, be sure to leave a rating or a review if you feel so inclined. Very much appreciate it, and it really helps the podcast grow. Um, also, be sure to leave a pod trivia question in the pod trivia database. Alex has locked me out of that. I don't have access to it. So I decided to create my own question for today. So this question will be uh, submitted by myself. Um, So 
Like I mentioned, the, the pod trivia question will not be at the beginning of this episode. It'll be a little bit later. So we're going to hold off on that segment and go ahead and just dive into the Monarchs Minute. Um, I don't know if we want to dive into the Monarchs Minute because I'm going to be the bearer of some bad news in this little Monarchs Minute. But you guys have got to keep me honest. So keep your eye on the time and uh, let me know if I can make this an under a minute because we've got two games to review for the Monarchs. Uh, not something you- that I necessarily want to do. I'll give you a countdown for it. Are you ready? Okay, yes. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so the Real Monarchs continued their season of shambles against Vancouver 2 and St. Louis 2 this week, and in doing so, lose 1-0 against Vancouver and got their pumpkins smashed 4-1 to at Zions Bank Stadium in Harriman against St. Louis 2. St. Louis scored within 60 seconds of kickoff and somehow, some way. It just continued to get worse from there. Darren Iskandarian, I think that's how you pronounce the name. Um, Alex only learned this name during this match. I had heard of his name a little bit before, but he drew the only penalty of the game for our for the Monarchs and scored it for the Monarchs just before halftime. And as fun as it would be to get one back, it was more fun to give another away, apparently, as the Monarchs did on their way to the aforementioned 4-1 to scoreline. To be fair, the Monarchs are missing some names due to MLS Next Youth Tournaments, but not enough to warrant an excuse. This team is bad and sits third to last in the Western Conference just to prove it. Alex says, but whatever, life goes on. And unfortunately it does, but... um. The, the biggest glaring thing about this team, I know I just barely skimmed over a minute, but the, the biggest thing about this team is the substitute situation. For the first game against Vancouver, only three substitutes on the bench. And then the second game against St. Louis, two, only four substitutes available. Maybe this leads to their defeats because they don't have fresh legs coming off the bench. Maybe it's a part of it and they're not able to get back into games. But regardless, this team is really as Alex always loved to, loves to say, in shambles. And uh, it's <laughs> tough to see where this team goes from here. So that's our Monarchs over a minute today. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, yes, you're, you're, you are over a minute at this point, but it's warranted. There, there, There's a problem with the fact that a, a lot of the subs or a lot of the starters really that, that are starting for the Monarchs are getting called up to the first team. Yes. I mean, it, it causes them to be shorthanded in that regard, and that's not really any fault of the Monarchs. That's just we're pulling players to play for the first team. Um, players like Moses Nyman, who got yep. his debut against DC United, who we've seen before, is a starter for the Monarchs. So it, I think it definitely plays a little bit into that, and it's it's unfortunate, but if we can start getting results for the first team, then it doesn't really matter as much the results for the Monarchs. So that's true. That's true. Pump the talent through the pipeline. RS or sorry, the rail Monarchs will play Portland Timbers two on uh, Sunday, uh, June 25th. It'll be at 8 PM in Providence park. So on the road for that game, Parker, have you had a chance to watch any of the Monarchs games this year? I'll be honest. I checked out a little bit after the, uh, haven't had much desire to, so yeah, yeah. No, we, we don't blame you over here. Honest. That's uh, we share that sentiment with you. <laughs> so um, yeah, monarchs are in shambles. Really, lack of depth on the uh, on the substitute bench. Need to need to do better there. Um, and it remains to see remains to be seen what they'll do with staffing positions. Uh, Hami Sinolave been head coach there for quite some time. Um, maybe his days are coming to an end sometime soon. Though I'm not ho- sure how much blame you can really put on. Hamison Olave, however, the head coach usually takes the blame when the team is struggling. So we'll see about that as well. But um, best of luck to the Monarchs. Hopefully they can beat Portland Timbers too and get on a win streak for once this year. Um, Cody, as I mentioned, there's no Royal Roundup today. Am I correct in that assumption? You are correct. There okay. uh, has not been a whole lot of news regarding the Royals recently. Uh, aside from the fact that they are active on Twitter, they're making posts about That's things good. that are not specifically related to the team. <laughs> but I have watched for everything I can on Twitter to see what comes out uh, news-wise about the team, and we've got nothing. So okay. to be continued in that regard. Well, we're going to move on to club news then because it's brighter skies and dreamier days ahead for this segment. Um, we're going to go ahead and start off with, I mean, last week we had talked about RSL getting a signing across the line. It was Chicho Arango going to be the club's new record-breaking signing at, at uh, just under $6 million. Uh, Chicho is now official, and he's been at training for the team. And according to reports from some people that have seen trainings with the team, he's looked really good, and I expect absolutely nothing less. Chicho should come into this team and just bang in a handful of goals. 
Parker, how, how excited are you about this massive signing for RSL? And what does it do for the team for the rest of the season? I am absolutely elated about this signing. Honestly, I can't get enough of it. I think yeah. the wonders it'll do for this team and really get us to that next level is remarkable. It's actually yeah. insane. And looking at the stats, um, like I was earlier, as I do for fun, um, RSL is actually leading the entire league in goal-creating actions. So oh, top of the league, the next closest is surprisingly Sporting KC, but we have a 15 We have 15 actions above them. So we're getting the chances, the crosses. We are making opportunities. We just haven't had anyone to be able to find the back of the net. So to get a renowned goal scorer like Chicho is going to be absolutely insane and exactly what we need to really take us to that contending level. And I am so eager to see it. And not even just for the goals that he'll be able to create, but I think he came in at the perfect time, getting him a couple weeks before the transfer window actually opens to be able to share some knowledge with some of the younger guys. I think I I may hold the most stock in uh, Burton. Uh, I say Jacquesson. Every announcer just, says it differently. Just, just, call him, just call him Burt Jackson. On this on this uh, podcast, we just call him Burt Jackson. It's just easy. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I am a big fan of Burt Jackson. I think whenever he comes off the bench, a game where some guys are just shy from attacking the ball, he goes straight at it, attacks it hard. He hasn't been able to find the back of the net yet, but I think having Chicho just at training, um, sharing some light, he, I'm really excited for his development. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of be, the other guys too. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely massive. Uh, Chicho Arango, as you mentioned, RSL leading the league in goal chance creation. Uh, we saw a lot of that in the NYCFC game, which we reviewed not too long ago. And um, yeah, he was at that game. I'm sure licking his chops, getting ready to score goals. Cody, this the signing's official now. Chicho is here. He's with the team. Do you think that this is going to change the formation for the team going forward? Uh, most likely, yeah. I think, uh, which, which is kind of crazy to see because, or to say, because we have such, I don't want to say such large, but we do have depth at the striker position. Now yeah, we do. Yeah. We've tried, we've tried a lot of people at striker. We've been playing with two strikers and I think we should switch to a single striker formation. That should obviously be Chicho. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Parker, I think you make a great point that having someone like Chicho on the roster and in training, even just in training, he's now he's now put a lot of heat on these other guys to push for that backup role. Uh, I mean, we've yep. seen obviously Musovsky, Rubin, Berton, uh, Crylock. I mean, we have so many players now that can fit into that position. If we do go to a one striker position, I have to think we're probably looking to sell someone at that point and mm. free up some space in that regard. Um, but yeah, obviously Chicho is, we've talked about this before. He, he, he is a great fit for what he's stepping into uh, within this team. Um, and honestly, I, I think the environment here is a really great fit for him as well. I think just being in Salt Lake uh, with his family and uh, there's obviously a very strong Latin community here. Um, so I think this will be a, a great place for him overall. Yeah, absolutely. I, I tend to agree. Um, I, I'm interested to see about the formation because I, one would assume that it goes to a one striker formation with Chicho now here. It's possible that Pablo continues. I mean, the, the formation that he's been using lately has been working for him with the two-striker system. And yes, we're getting Chicho, but Danny Masovsky has been playing really well as of late. And so, and he does have a history of playing with Chicho Arango. I'd be really interested to see if he's a guy that that teams up with Chicho Arango up top for this team. Ruby Rubin's cooled off a titch after getting a little bit of a spark. I don't think the team want him to lose that, so maybe he comes in as a consistent sub. Let's not forget about Demir Krylock. He's still there, and then Anderson Julio. So you're right, Cody. This team has now a bunch of depth at the striker position, options to come off the bench in games, and um, guys that can score goals uh, in their own right when they when they are feeling mm-hmm. it, I guess we should say. Yep. Um, our, our next piece of news is kind of about Anderson Julio as well. He's included in it, but Rubio Rubin too. Uh, Rubio Rubin. Brian Ojeda, Anderson Julio, and Jefferson Savarino all called up to international team duty. They will be out for the DC United game, which we are going to review that had already happened, and they're going to be out for the St. Louis game. They will likely all be available pending injury and coming back and uh, being fit 
for the Minnesota game that we'll preview. So keep that in mind. Four of these guys, big names, guys that play a role in the team will be out for this game this week against St. Louis, but potentially back for the Minnesota game. Um, and yes, we're representing their countries right now, which is awesome to see um, RSL with a good amount of call-ups, four call-ups for this team, whereas a lot of other teams only have one or two call-ups. So it's something you like to see guys getting some national team time. Um, the last piece of news I think is, is worth talking a little bit about too, because it's quite notable. Nelson Palacio, a 22-year-old defensive midfielder, was reported to be finalizing a deal with RSL. The Colombian defensive midfielder, as I mentioned, is 22 years old and will fit the U-22 initiative for the team and take up a U-22 slot. Reported to be about a $2 million fee from Atletico Nacional in Colombia, the same league as Andres Gomez and Brian Vera. So I guess we're just kind of scouting over in that Colombian league right now based on what J. Pablo 9 said on Twitter as a Nacional fan. Um, he said that Palacio is an athletic defensive midfielder but lacks a bit of dribbling skills. Um, he's a defensive mil- midfielder through and through who wins the ball, but can just as easily lose them. However, he has lots of potential. He has one international cap with Colombia, just led his team to uh, to advance pretty far in the season and have a lot of success over there. Cody, what does this do for the team? This is a defensive midfielder that's coming in a young guy. How does he fit into the team? Yeah, I think... Uh... I look at this signing as somewhat similar to the Brian Vera signing. Um, we bring in Brian Vera to play maybe a center back, left back position. Uh, either way, he's he's brought in to add a little bit more aggression and a little bit more physicality to, to the back line, and he brings experience. Now, uh, Palacios obviously doesn't bring as much experience because he's younger, but I think, I mean, I, we've talked about Pablo mentioning that we don't have a, a stone-cold killer in the midfield. and Natural-born killer. Yeah, natural born killer. And I think that's probably what, what Nelson Palacios provides is is something like that. Um, obviously only twenty two years old, but yep. from what I've seen of him, he I mean he's he does look fairly confident on the ball. Obviously a cap for the national team for the Columbia national team is pretty impressive at only twenty two. Um but the 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 biggest question mark I think after this is who who is he replacing? Who is yep. he pushing out? Because you don't sign a two million a two million dollar midfielder and not start him. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. At, at this point, so he likely will be slotting in. I have to imagine we'll we'll whatever lineup changes we make, we'll still keep you know two or three midfielders uh, central. And so, yeah, I think I think the question after that becomes who who do you ship out after that? Yep. And my obvious answer to that is Scott Caldwell, but that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's my answer to that question. Yeah, there could be some starting lineup casualties uh, from this signing. However, it does show a lot from the front office that they're out there and they're willing to sign. This is now a total of, I believe, around $15 million that the team has spent this crazy on signings. And get this, with this signing with Nelson Palacio, they're all Colombians. RSL is becoming the Colombian national team, and I absolutely love it. Parker, how excited are you about this signing and just the front office's ability to be able to get there, get out there and make some signings this year? It feels like a dream come true, to be honest, just to get some guys, just to start spending money on guys to improve this roster is all I've ever wanted for so long. Um, I'm still uh, learning more about uh, uh, Nelson Palacio doing some scouting and stuff, seeing what he can really bring to the team. But just to get another midfielder in there, some much needed depth, I'm super excited to have him on. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a huge addition for the team. Um, we're mentioning, you know, starting lineup casualties. Uh Cody, I understand you really want Scott Caldwell to be the guy that takes off. And, I do. Um, I, I really you know do. What? I think end of this season, Caldwell might be gone, but I think he stays with the team for now because, let's be honest, I mean, there's not too much that RSL can get for Scott Caldwell unless you have a team that really has a, a deep need at a defensive midfield position due to injuries, which I don't think exists on the market right now. Um, however, guys like Jasper Leffelson and Paolo Ruiz are, are playing well right now. Um, you even consider Brian Ojeda whose loan ends this summer um, with Nottingham Forest. And so do we sign Brian Ojeda? Do we keep him on full time? Does he go back to Nottingham Forest and we we hold on to Leffelson and Paolo Ruiz? Or do we sell one of those guys maybe? And do we go ahead and move on and roll with Nelson Palacio going forward? It'll be interesting to see what RSL chooses to do. However, very excited about this. This is great depth for the defensive midfield position. We've got our wingers. We've got Chicho, the attacker. Our goalkeeper position looks great. We've got a dual option now. Um, 
our, our center back options are maybe a little slim, maybe the slimmest, uh, maybe the left back and right back options are the slimmest, but defensive line maybe needs a little bit of help. But right now you can't complain. The team's looking good and they're playing pretty well too. Just imagine when Chicho and Palacio get here, this team's going to be firing on all cylinders. Hopefully. Yeah, I think uh, I think the the good thing about all of these signings is obviously we're, we are signing quality players, but it also yes. kind of goes back to we're bumping up the level and the expectation of our starting team right now. Yes, this is this is creating an environment where we're saying we are now willing to spend this money. We are spending these money on these players. We're bringing them in. The expectation from you other people is you get on that level or you outperform that level or you could be gone. Um, and that's that's a level of pressure that I don't think a lot of Real Salt Lake players have felt in a long time. I think a lot of teams in the MLS haven't felt that. Um, and it's not a bad thing. Uh, I mean, it pushes that that level of intensity, especially in, in training and in practice, to a new level. Um, and so I, I hope that's what this team does. And what it really does is it, it, it creates it creates diamonds. The players who are going to shine, who are going to you know do better under that pressure – that's what this process does. It creates those and, and you start to see those. So I'm really excited to see, to see how that unfolds with the team. Somebody's obviously watching, it will take time. But. Somebody's been watching too many car commercials with that pressure makes diamonds catchphrase out there. It was, it was the that. Hallmark movies. Okay. Okay. I mean, that makes, <laughs> that makes a little more sense. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and move on to our DC United review because we've got a lot to talk about in this game. And this game was actually surprisingly one of my favorite games from the season. There were a lot of things I saw that I kind of wanted to critique and talk about on the episode today. And we'll also get your guys' thoughts, um, Parker and Cody, on the episode as well. If you're listening, make sure to let us know what you thought about the game. We loved it, or at least I loved it. And we'll talk about our feelings um, towards it as well. But starting off the beginning of this game, um, the game starts 0-0 for quite some time gets into the 41st minute. Now, before we get there, though, we do need to remember that Steve Birnbaum for DC United, um, th- there was a through well played through for Danny Masowski. I believe it was played by Andres Gomez through the back line, and Steve Birnbaum takes down Danny Masowski in a position where Masowski was really probably through on goal. Tyler Miller, the goalkeeper, steps up. It's a questionable call, but Steve Birnbaum ends up getting the red card. It was not looked at. The red heart, red card was upheld. And so DC United was down to 10 men for the rest of this game against RSL. And then in the 41st minute, maybe the goal of the season, definitely the goal of the season for RSL, but maybe the goal of the season in all of MLS this year. Andrew Brody just passes it back to Paulo Ruiz, and Paulo Ruiz is keeping an eye on Tyler Miller, the goalkeeper, who is well out of his box Paolo Ruiz bangs an absolute banger of a kick 68 yards over Tyler Miller's head into the upper 90 area of the goal and puts RSL up one to zero. Now, if you haven't already go back and watch this, I was talking to a friend who didn't catch the game and I told him to go look at the goal and he texted me and his reaction was just like, Oh my cowboy, like what an absolute goal. So be sure to see that goal. If you haven't already, it was an amazing peach of a goal. Halftime shot. Halftime comes and goes, and then in the 51st minute, just six minutes out of halftime, it's a great finish from Danny Masovsky. The assist is from Andres Gomez. Surprise, surprise. And RSL is up 2-0 to zero on the 10-men DC United, but not so fast. Just two minutes later, Chris Durkin gets a strike, curls it past Zach McMath to go down just 2-1. to one. DC United continued to fight to try and tie the game the rest of the time, but were unable to. And this game ends 2-1 RSL, taking the three points on the road and the spoils of this game in a tough environment to do so. Um, RSL, I, I feel like it might have been largely due in part to the red card, but RSL really dominated this game. 18 total shots with eight on target, 15 total shots, and just two on target for DC United. They thoroughly outplayed DC United. DC United had a lot of opportunities, even though they were down to 10 men. But RSL just made less mistakes than DC United in this game, held out to get the 2-1 result. Um, I want to start off by saying, uh, I don't know, I could analyze this game all day. Uh, Cody, I'm going to throw it to you first. What did you think of this game and how happy are you with the road result? Yeah, I mean, obviously, a win on the road is, is the result that you want when you're away from home. I think if DC United doesn't get that red card, then it 
is probably a different result in the game. There was a couple chances the DC uh, had at the end of the game where I really thought they were going to tie it up and we were going to only get a point, which is still good, but not against a team that only has 10 men. You, right. you got to, in that, in that situation, you have to strike, you have to take the opportunity. And we did, um, but we almost didn't. Uh, and so I think that's, uh, that's probably an area of concern for me after this game is the fact yeah. that we looked, we looked relaxed after we, we had that second goal. Obviously after we scored the second goal, they come back and answer just a few minutes later. And then we're trying to hold on to that lead for the rest of the game, but we really didn't look solid in trying to do that. Um, so th- there's obviously uh, some some standout performances for me. I still thought Diego Luna looked really good in this game. Um, I thought he looked solid in in, in this game and in the last game. Yep. Uh, it's pretty clear to see what what his talent is and what he provides when he's a, when he's uh, starting games and getting significant minutes. I am frustrated that he's not getting a full ninety. That he's getting subbed out at you know sixty minutes or whatever. Um, but I thought he did well. Um, obviously Musovsky, I thought played really well. Andres yep. Gomez played well. Um, there was a handful of, of, of players who really did what they were supposed to do in this game. Um, I think that is due to part that the, that there was a red card early on, which yeah. by the way, I think that's, that is a deserved red card. I mean, yes, Musovsky, <laughs> I think does get to that ball, whether he scores or not is something else because of, of how far Miller was off his line. But, um, that's, I think it is definitely a red card in that situation so but yeah a good game a solid win um i will take a a 2-1 win on the road at at dc united absolutely i want to agree with you on diego luna's play he looked so incredibly artistic some of his passes were just next level things that you don't normally see out of an rsl player there was one pass in the first half he made to andres gomez that was slid behind three or four dc united players straight to andres gomez in the back line gomez unable to finish that opportunity unfortunately and then later in the game he had a flicked pass to the other side of the goal um i i'm not sure it was it might have been a shot but it ended up being a pass over to the other side finding an open player kind of near the the goal line area and so just his passing is very creative. It's unfortunate for him that he has not yet scored or assisted for RSL. Oh, he was so close. He, he was so close. He had so a few shots close. as well. He, he absolutely deserves it, but I think that his his play tells more of a story than his stats. He absolutely deserves to be in the starting lineup, and, and you can see it when he's out on the field. Um, if he gets that goal or assist, it's going to do a ton of like favors for him, confidence-wise, moving forward, and I think it's really going to up his play, so... I think if he has someone like Chicho to pass to, he probably already has one or two assists. He should have gotten an assist last week. He should have gotten an assist this week, and he should have gotten a goal this week. Well, coming to a field near you in July 8th <laughs> is when Chicho will be available, and so Diego Luna will be able to have that opportunity. Parker, what were your, what were some of your takeaways from this game? This is a huge win for an RSL team on the road, and we don't even have Chicho Arango yet. I'm incredibly satisfied. I mean, you, you we got all we really wanted in the end, which is a win on the road. Um, getting those road points, road points is absolutely vital. Yep. Uh, I do agree it was a bit underwhelming in the later half after they went down to 10 men. Um, yep. Kind of loosened up a little bit, a bit of a concern. Um, but we pulled out the three points, which is the biggest thing to worry about. So yep. try not to nitpick too much. We still dominated possession, took plenty more shots. Um, what did catch my eye was the aerial battle. We lost 6-16. six to 16. Hmm. Um, But... That's an incredibly nitpicky stat right there. Yeah. We did what we needed to do on the road. Diego Luna still absolutely masterful. Um, I feel like a lot of the young guys on the team are kind of blossoming um, at their own pace, but all together at once this season. I'm incredibly eager and excited to see all of it kind of come together at once with uh, the breakout of Diego Luna. Uh Pablo Ruiz has broken out this season consistently, but if you weren't aware yet, then he had a 70-yard bomb to really let it be known that yeah. <laughs> he's here, he is a force to be reckoned with, and just another staple on the team that I'm really excited to see continue to play. <clears throat> I do also yeah. continue to be disappointed to not see Luna go the 90, but yeah. with another game coming up on a Wednesday, followed by another away game on Saturday. Wait, are we away next Saturday? Or are we in Minnesota? So Saturday against Minnesota will be a home game, but the away game okay. will be against um, St. Louis. So yeah, still a short week. Yep. If we're expecting him to start then, I guess I could understand. Some of the substitutions these last couple of games, pulling some of our most vital guys 
um, a little earlier than I wish, but as long as we're getting the results that ultimately matter in the end, then I can't complain too much. Um, it is a little concerning in some of the last nail-biting minutes of the game, but you know when yeah. you got such a tight schedule, so many games to play, you want to keep your guys rested, and I get that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm happy with how the game ended. A little lax, but plenty of things yeah. to be happy about. Absolutely. It was a great result. And um, you, you mentioned a lot of the young guys are playing quite well for the team. I wanted to kind of point them out. Um, for me, Emeka and Nelly's performance was fantastic. Phenomenal. Um, he's the one who steals the ball that leads to the second goal. He's the one who steals the ball, passes it to Andres Gomez, who then slots it into Masovsky for the goal. If Emeka Nelly is not playing in this game, I don't know if that play is made and the goal is scored. It could be a different situation. But regardless, I love the way Emeka Nelly has been playing as of late. Um, another thing that caught my eye was Brian Vera. Marcelo Silva unavailable for this game, and so Brian Vera was playing at the center back position. There was at least one time in this game where Brian Vera had a breakaway opportunity. He gets the ball, and he is cruising down the field, and he's got options. He's got guys running with him, and uh, the counterattack's on. When he gets down to maybe about 30 yards away from goal, there is this amazing run. I think it was made by Danny Masovsky. He was through on goal. He was absolutely through on goal. And Brian Vera does not make that pass. It's an easy through ball attempt. It's not very difficult either. And he had plenty of time to make the through ball pass, but refused to do that. That's where I understand that Oviedo is injured right now, but I think Oviedo is a guy that could have made that pass. Now, I understand Vera's playing a different position in this game at center back, and Marcelo Silva's not available. So at this point, you're kind of forced to play Justin Glad and Brian Vera as a tandem at center back. However, if Marcelo Silva is healthy and Justin Glad is fully healthy, I'm starting to wonder if Brian Vera slots in at that left back spot and plays to his maximum potential. I I even kind of wonder if Oviedo maybe is the right guy fully healthy for that spot now with the addition of Chicho. We need to have better lockdown defensive mentality. And as I mentioned, that back line is a little thin with depth. Um, my hot take on this episode, which you guys and other people probably may not disagree with, I think Emeka and Ellie absolutely deserves a starting spot. And whether that be in the defensive midfield area or the right back spot remains to be seen. I'll give him the right back spot. And I think what you could do with Andrew Brody is, Cody, don't crucify me. I know you haven't liked him at times at left back. But I think you can play Andrew Brody at left back and play him well on the right. He has. He has. Uh, made the team of the week this week um, while he was playing at the left back position. Foot, foot, foot mob uh, gave him the man of the match. There you uh, go. In this game. So, there you go. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't think that's a bad idea to, to yeah. do. Anelli has looked really good at right. Anelli's looked good everywhere that he, he comes into the game. He's physical. He's passionate. He is running the entire game. He's got really great control, really good passes. He fits. He fits the link-up play mentality that that we try to have with our midfielders of of the defense getting it to the midfield, the midfield uh, getting it to either the... In this case, it's usually been the wingers. Yeah. Uh, his link-up play has been really good. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that I, I wanted to bring up, you mentioned, Parker, losing some of those aerial battles. Uh, our midfielder's height is probably <laughs> a big problem, and that's probably yeah. a reason why. So I'm going to give you guys a piece of pod trivia that uh, oh boy, that will not count towards the standings, but um, in, in a reverse card here, I like it. Yeah, yeah, yep. So I'll give you guys a an, an opportunity to answer this, and I'll give you guys multiple choice here. Okay. Which of our midfielders who started against DC United is the shortest? We have Diego Luna, Pablo Ruiz, Jasper Leffelsund, or Andres Gomez. Hmm. Okay, so I think I'll take I'll take Jasper Leffelsund. Jasper. Okay. Yeah. Parker, what say you? I think Luna's shorter than Loffelson. Could be, I think okay. Loffelson's built like a tank and kind of, I perceive him as taller than he is. And I often forget that. That's true. But so, I'm going to go with Luna. Okay. All right. Final answers are in. You guys are both wrong. What? <laughs> it's, it's Andres Gomez. No way. I don't really. That for a He's second. listed at five foot seven. <laughs> no way. He's listed at five foot seven. Diego Luna's listed at five foot eight. Jasper is le- listed at five foot eleven, and Pablo Ruiz is listed at five foot eight. 
Is, I feel like that's like those dating apps where like all the guys just like enter their height a bit higher than they actually are. So I don't know. It if could, I it that, could but... be right. This, this totally could be wrong. This is according to Google. So that's fair. Uh, as far as what it's showing is, as their height listed here. So that's fair. That's, that's fair. Anyway, mind blowing. Honestly, I remember crazy. when we signed Andres and I thought I was imagining this short, what is he? A 20 year old kid to walk out yeah. on the field first game yeah. of the mm-hmm. season. And yeah. He looks like a running tree out there. Yeah, yeah, he's he does. not. He, he doesn't. He look was super so much small. taller he's... than I was expecting. Yeah, yeah. He looks kind of lanky. Um, okay, but you know, Zach McMath gets the start in this game. Gavin Beavers is playing well, so it's it's hard to see who the guy is going forward. I don't think even Pablo knows. It may just be a rotation based kind of starting thing with these guys going forward. Um, but for me, the the last takeaway from this game that I have is that. Chances were created. The red card really, really boosted the team, Cody. You mentioned that this team got opportunities from probably playing up a man for most of the game. Um, but Pablo Ruiz, man, hats off to the guy. Parker, you mentioned, if, if, if you don't know, he's he's one of the best midfielders in this game or defensive midfielders in MLS. He just reminded you with that goal. And he's been looking the part this year as well. Um, my pod trivia question now that I have that I want to flip on you guys is about that. Um, the pod trivia question is about Pablo Ruiz's goal. It was a total of 68 yards, 68 yard goal. So that goal was scored this last weekend. However, there have been some amazing long range efforts from other players around the league throughout MLS history. So what is or which player has scored the longest range goal in MLS history? Is it a, David Beckham with the LA Galaxy. B, Danny Sapero with NYRB, New York Red Bulls. Or was it C, David Villa uh, with NYCFC? Or was it D, Wayne Rooney with DC United? My, uh, I mean, all of these, these, these are good. This is good options to pick from because I'm pretty sure all these players have scored long range goals. Yep. Um, <laughs> and the, my guess is going to be David Villa. David uh, Villa for NYCFC? Yep. Okay. My guess for it. Parker, what think you? I believe you already gave us uh, your answer at the beginning of the episode. Are you going to stay with it or are you going to deviate? I think it was just before we started recording, luckily. That's um, true. I'm not sure the total, how far exactly it was, but I do know Danny's was on a football field, which... I do remember it was at least from 10 yards past the NFL logo. Uh, what were they playing? I can't really remember. But I want to say Danny, just because as a football fan as well, I know how to measure exactly how long a football yeah. field distance is. So I'm going to go with Danny. And I, yeah. Danny Sapero with the New York Red Bulls final answer. Cody, you chose David Villa for NYCFC. Cody, unfortunately, you are wrong on this one. It was Danny Sapero, uh, Parker. You remembered well, and uh, I'm getting replies on Twitter that other people are actually remembering this goal quite well, uh, too. It's surprisingly difficult to find who has scored the longest range goal in MLS history on the internet. Not very helpful results when you look that up directly. Um, but after doing enough research, it was Danny Sapero. Um, it was 81 yards, 81-yard goal from a free kick Dang. that was given to him. He was playing goalkeeper in that game, so the goalkeeper scored that goal in 2008 for NYRB against the Columbus Crew in the Meadowlands, um, Meadowlands Stadium in, uh, for, for the Giants in New York. So, uh, yes, you're right, Parker. It was a football field just uh, by the 20, their own 24-yard line on that one. And the ball is absolutely bombed in. It goes loops over everybody else and then takes a big bounce over the goalkeeper and into the net. Um, so that was the longest goal ever scored in MLS history. David Beckham gets close with, I believe, a 75-yarder with the LA Galaxy. Um, and then I think third was Wayne Rooney and fourth was David Villa. Or maybe it was third David Villa, fourth Wayne Rooney. Regardless, it's Danny Sapero. I think Twitter's going to get this one right, though it won't count. So... Good job for everybody for getting the question probably right, even though it won't count. Um, any final thoughts on this DC United game beating Wayne Rooney's team before we go ahead and move on to our previews? Wayne Rooney looks like a grumpy old man now. He probably especially, is. Especially after that red card and that loss. He, yeah. 
I couldn't tell if it was just underneath all of that gray beard <laughs> hair, but he did not look happy. He looked like an angry dwarf. Uh, I think the older he gets, like. the more he looks exactly as I'd imagine someone named Wayne Rooney. Would yeah. <laughs> He's like the most just... Wayne Rooney looking Wayne Rooney. Yeah. And the, the older, the grumpier, it's just, He's really growing into it. I love yep. that for him. Agreed. He does not have a good record with DC United. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much longer he's coaching in MLS and how much longer he has a job. I don't know if he's or on the he, hot seat, but he has not got a lot of wins at DC United. I think it's somewhere around like six wins through two seasons next or something up like that. Will be the men's national team. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, that's that's a whole different thing. Um, let's go ahead and preview our games if you guys are ready to move on, shall we? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Um, as we mentioned, RSL will travel on the road against St. Louis. This game is Wednesday, midweek game on June 21st uh, at St. Louis. Kickoff at 6.30 p.m. St. Louis is currently first in the West with nine wins, two draws, and six losses on 29 points. If you remember the last time we played St. Louis, we got shellacked in that game. I believe it was 4-0. It was near the beginning of the season when St. Louis was absolutely taking off their inaugural year um they've remained at the top of the west this game will be slightly interesting because joao klaus the striker for st louis is out with an injury as well as edward lowen um and it looks like they're missing a couple of other players due to international duty as well so st louis have been a very very good team um parker you're joining us for the first time but what we like to do is we like to predict what the score will be for this game and also give everybody out there listening a player to watch for this game. I've got Alex's results, and I'll reveal them after we've all talked about ours. But my prediction for this game, um, St. Louis has six wins, one draw, and two losses at home this year. They have been very good. However, with them missing a lot of key players and a lot of good attackers for them, I it's crazy that they only have one win this year. But if there is a team to go in there and get a win, or I guess a draw, even maybe even a, a win too, but... A draw, an odd result against the St. Louis team at home. It's going to be RSL. And so I'm going to say this game ends in a 1-1 draw. Um, not too much firepower for St. Louis available. And RSL's been good, but it's an away game in a harsh environment against St. Louis. And so I'm going to say 1-1. 1-1 draw. Cody, what do you think in this game? I think a 1-1 draw is generous. I think it's very generous. St. It Louis probably being, is. <laughs> St. Louis being the top of the West. Uh, I mean, they have a very good team. Obviously. Missing a lot of players? I we're missing players too. I That's mean, true. We're missing Savarino. We're missing we're missing some other key players to to you know national call ups. So I think uh, I think this game is going to be a loss for us. I think it's going to be a two zero loss, and that's that's me being kind. I think it has potential to be much worse than that, but I'm going to say two zero. I could see that. I could see that. Uh, Parker, where are you going with this one? It's tough. St. Louis does they terrify me? To be yeah. frank even with yeah. the guys they're missing. Um, but with them missing Klaus, who did score two of the four against us last time, it's true. I think might help a bit. Um, but even regardless of how terrified I am of this team, I am an undying optimist. And even though RSL does not make it easy ever to convince what kind of team is going to show up on match day, <laughs> I will be expecting the best. I want to say... 2-1 win, because I'll never doubt my boys in the Claret and Cobalt. Let's it, go. Fully expecting to be proven wrong. But <laughs> I, I do believe in them. I think this is the time Luna finally goes the full 90, and if, uh, if not his first assist, then maybe even his first goal to be listed in his career log. So I'm expecting go. big things, especially if we let the, the kids play. I'm all for always letting the kids play. Um, yeah. Maybe give... Beaver's another start if we need to see Pablo finally needs to see some more of who's going to be the starting goalkeeper going forward. I yeah. think he's getting better every match. So I think starting him, and especially because we're on the road, hard to doubt RSL on the road. I'm strangely never thought I'd be more comfortable with them playing not at home. That's true. Right. So, right. yeah. Yeah, they have played well on the road this year. So there you have it. Parker's predicting a win and a Diego Luna assist or goal. And I would love to see that. I was wanting to go 2-1, but I got a little scared 
because of the standings and St. Louis being such a great team, even though they are missing a bunch of guys. So I commend you for going out there on a limb and saying RSL gets the win. I would love to see it. Um, I hope all of you out there listening would love to see it. Make sure to catch this game midweek action for RSL against St. Louis. It should be a fantastic game. Um, Alex's predictions for this game. Alex says prediction 100% accurate, 1-1 draw. I didn't even recognize that he is going to agree with me, which Alex never does. So Alex says 1-1 draw. He says 100% accurate, which now I'm scared. Maybe I should change my prediction because he's never right. So um, <laughs> Alex saying 1-1 draw scares me a little bit. 1-1 draw, and he says player to watch. Let's say old Zach McMath is the one to watch for him in this game. Uh, he says, I think it's stupid he's starting while he's, but while he's playing, ask yourself, is this man doing anything that Gavin Beavers cannot do? And when the answer is no, he is not. You'll know that Beaver Boy should be starting. Um, Zach McMath will be interesting to watch because while St. Louis is down a bunch of guys, they still have guys that can score goals. And so Zach McMath likely starting in this game will be integral to stopping shots and getting a shutout in this game. My one to watch is going to be a guy that I think will get some playing time and need to do well with it. And it's going to be captain, oh, captain, my captain, Demir Krylock. Um, he started this last game against DC United. I didn't see a lot out of him. And he's going to need to score goals and have assists in this next little stretch to be able to stay relevant with Chicho Arango coming into the team. And so I want him to be able to, I think a, I think a goal is maybe something that is, I wouldn't say required of him, but it's needed for him to stay relevant. So Demir Krylock will be my one to watch in this game. Cody, who was your one to watch for this one? Yeah, I think uh, you make a good point about Demir. And just to touch on that a little bit, in order for him to stay relevant, he reminds me of, he would remind me of the very late Chris Wondolowski where he would just sub in and score goals. Like yeah. he'd play for like 15 or 20 minutes and he'd just score goals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I hope Demir can do that. My one to watch for this game is going to be on the other side of uh, the the team on the defensive side. I'm going to take Justin Glad. Um, Great. Obviously, he's been a starter game in and game out, and he's going to have to be rock solid at the back against a team like St. Louis, which has just caught fire this season. Um, if we're going to have any chance of pulling points away on the road, it's going to have to come down to, to stopping their, their attacking opportunities. I agree. Jay Glad will be very important for this one. Parker, who is your player to watch for RSL against St. Louis midweek? I don't want to say Diego Luna again. Put more <laughs> pressure on him than there already is. I really liked what you guys said about Emeka and Nelly. I've been very fond of him as well. Um, I am always pro let the kids play and learn, earn their spot. And what I really like about Anelli is he'll go wherever you need him to, however you ask. It's yes, sir. And I really admire that. I'm looking forward to seeing him hopefully start again. Um, the question, the position remains unknown, but wherever he is on yeah. the field, I love watching him. We have 110%. I want to see how he can contribute to this tough game in St. Louis. So I'll say Emeka and Ellie. I'll never disagree Solid. with that. I always love Emeka and Ellie, and so I'm 100% on, on the train for that one. Um, make sure to watch Emeka and Ellie. Hopefully he gets to start in this game and plays well. We all expect him to. So we'll sh- we shall see about that one. Anything else on this game preview before we go ahead and move on to our next game preview? I'm kind of shocked I'm the only person who's expecting a loss. I am too. But I'm <laughs> surprised I'm the only one expecting a win. <laughs> I mean, I'm not I think, surprised. I think but... me, Alex, and Parker are trying to be a little more on the optimistic side. Um, because I mean, this team has played well on the road. You cannot knock them for that. But true. yes, it is, it is St. Louis. So That's true. Hey, also, I, I live in real... constant agony because of how high I hold my hopes constantly. <laughs> Disappointment is inevitable, but it is happy to be Can proven wrong. I am talk, hopeful. I mean, no, not talk real quick, but I just wanted to mention real quick our quick jump in the standings. We are up at yeah. seventh right now in the West, which is pretty much purely based on our road results uh, mm-hmm. because uh, we are what either the best or the second best road team in the MLS right now. Yeah. Which is just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a little bit of luck, but yeah, sitting in seventh place is, is definitely not as bad as where we were uh, a few weeks ago. And so if we can continue to build on that, if we can keep pulling points away from the, away from home and points at home, We'll be in a, a probably a pretty good spot. So I, I would say this is an excellent spot for RSL to be in at this point in time. We look to 
I don't know, let's say maybe 10 games into the season, RSL fans were panicking, calling for Elliot Fall and Pablo Mastroeni's head and wanting severe change. And with these big signings that aren't even here yet, that will be coming in, RSL's still been playing well enough to get up to the seventh spot. And so I really like it. Chicho's not even here yet. And we're in the seventh spot. I also want to say I love the fact that Chicho can train with our team before he starts. I love that he's able to be here and start to integrate with the team. Obviously, you know, I did that press conference with him just a few weeks ago. His English is still not great, but I think it helps so much having more Colombian players on this team around him to be able to, you know, communicate with him and help integrate him with the team. So I think it's awesome that he's, he is able to do that. Anderson Julio and Andres Gomez look like they're best friends. Whenever you see them off the field, they're always hanging out. And so I would imagine that a guy like Chicho, um, Brian Vera, Brian Vera, him and, maybe, him and Brian Vera going to be besties. And, 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 and maybe even Nelson Palacio when he comes in as another True. Colombian as well. All these guys, Spanish speakers from South American countries, maybe they come in, they form an awesome bond and relationship. And that's what RSL has thrived on and depended on in the past. They've never looked to that guy to be, even though we had Demir Krylock and Rusnak for a, a while scoring goals, they've never looked to a, a guy that's got a huge ego to kind of be ahead of everybody else and be better than the team. They've always depended on a, an entire team effort. And if Chicho comes in, they'll be able to do that, even though Chicho will probably score a crap ton of goals, which I'm totally fine with. I would yeah, love I'm that. Good with that. <laughs> I wish it was a trackable stat, uh, how good Chicho would have done had he come in just closer to the window. I think yeah. these few weeks are just going to be absolutely monumental to the team yep. chemistry and everything. Um, and I've heard, he's, I've heard great things as far as his leadership. Um, I think yeah. everyone would love a Zava type of guy to come in and just score goals and carry the team. But I don't think that's what we're getting with Chicho at all. I think we're getting a great leader who will do great things for the rest of the roster as well. Off yeah. the field yeah. as on the field. Yeah, 28 years old and in his prime. So we're excited to see Chicho Rongo. Not available for the St. Louis game. Not available for the Minnesota game, unfortunately. But we're going to go ahead and preview the Minnesota game regardless. This Minnesota game is going to be, as I mentioned, a home game for RSL on Saturday, June 24th. Kickoff time is at 7.30 p.m. And Minnesota is currently 11th in the West with five wins, five draws, and seven losses with 20 total points. I didn't even look at the team's results on the road this year because I already know where I'm going. Maybe I don't know the scoreline 100%. But um, we've mentioned that RSL has been shaky at home and they've been great on the road. And it's kind of weird that that has happened. Uh, Minnesota's 11th. They're 11th in the West. And we were there not too long ago. So I would... Yeah, that's not far off from us it, right now. It's what, four points? Yeah. Three points? And there's six points between us and the leaders, St. Louis and LAFC, which are tied for first right now. So, like, the West is very, very tight. I could see RSL doing something ridiculous, like losing this game at home, which is totally within the realm of possibility. But I'm going to say the RSL wins this game 3-1. to one. It's a home game. They need to get a win. It's, it's a crucial game. You cannot keep dropping points at home, and this team knows it and feels it. I think they're going to come out with a bit of a chip on their shoulder at home and a desire to win this game. So 3-1 to one, RSL is what I'm taking. Parker, I'm going to go to you next. What do you think for the score prediction of this game against Minnesota? I have a feeling this is the kind of team that will just make it unnecessarily close against yeah. us. So although their road record isn't great, it's better than their home record. They have one win at home. Uh, they are four zero and six on the road. Um, so interesting. I think we're the better team, but I do expect it to be a little closer than we'd want it to be. I I'm gonna go two one again. Two RSL one. versus Minnesota. I think it'll be a nail biter, even though it absolutely shouldn't be, just because it feels like a very RSL thing to do at home this year. But it does. I'll be happy to finally get those three points on our home field. Based on what you're saying, do you think that second goal comes later in the game? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna so a late game winner then. Uh, definitely something RSL would do. So I love that score prediction. Two to one, Cody. What do you think? I think. Uh, well, my my original score prediction that I was thinking of was a three two or two one win at home. Uh, but the more we've the more I heard you guys talk about it, the more I'm kind of leaning towards a 2-2 draw uh, for this game. So that's what I'm going to okay. go with. 2-2 draw at home against Minnesota. 2-2 draw and a four-goal game. I also predicted a four-goal game. 
Alex's Alex's prediction that he has left here, he says this one's only 89% accurate, which means that it's probably the opposite and it's about 11% accurate. Um, but he predicts a two to one win with you, Parker, uh, for RSL. So Alex agreeing with you on this one. Um, Alex never agrees with people. So it's really interesting that he has agreed with, uh, with me on the first game and then with you, Parker, on the second one. So two to one win for RSL for Alex. Um, I'm going to give him the player to watch first. And he's going to go ahead and take, take Diego Luna, quote, because he's the GOAT. That's what he literally said. Um, and, you know, I don't disagree with him. Diego Luna's been great. He is absolutely a one to watch for this game. And, you know, Parker, I, I like you saying that he's going to get a goal or assist against St. Louis. If he doesn't in that game, or even if he does, I think he's got a great chance to do it against Minnesota and hopefully start that game. My one to watch in this game will be, keep it now. now keep in mind, it's likely that guys from international duty are returning back for this game. So my one to watch is going to be Anderson Julio. I don't even know if he's going to play this game. I really don't. Like he might not, he might not even come off the bench and get any playing time. I think he might. I think he probably will, but it's, it's a possibility that he doesn't play at all. And that's, that's sad. This, this one to watch is not necessarily a one to watch for how he plays, but a one to watch to see what Pablo does with him. Anderson Julio started off the season playing well in a forced spot because we didn't really have anybody else to play striker. And the front office was kind of like, well, here's Rubio Rubin and Anderson Julio, your strikers for the rest of the season. Anderson Julio has cooled off quite a bit since coming back from injury, does not have a goal or an assist since coming back from his injury. I want to see him healthy. I want him, I want to see him playing how he played at the beginning of the season. He, he, he came out of the gates on fire and playing pretty well. And I liked what I saw from him. And every week it seemed like, we're talking about Anderson Julio and oh, he's so good and he looks so good and he's got so many opportunities. I haven't seen that lately and I kind of miss it. And I really want to see Anderson Julio get back on track. And it's, it's another guy in the Dami situation. He needs to get back on track with Chicho Arango looming and coming into the team. And so Anderson Julio, please do something for us. Please make us happy about your play because this podcast and all of RSL Nation, we love you and we want you to do well. So Cody, what do you think? Who is your one to watch in this game? My one to watch uh, is going to be someone who will hopefully provide us some more firepower, and I hope that will be the opposite of Diego Luna, and that is Andres Gomez. Um, on the opposite side of Diego Luna. I'm hoping Diego Luna starts on the left, Andres Gomez on the right. So that's going to be my one to watch. I uh, hope we can pile it on, on Minnesota, regardless of my 2-2 prediction. I love it. I love it. Um all of us taking attackers so far. So Parker, are you going to go with another attacker? I'm actually going to go to the midfield like we were talking about earlier, how there could be a battle brewing with Nelson uh, inevitably coming into this team. Yeah. Um, there are some guys that are going to have to prove themselves. And I I still really like Loffelson, and I think yeah. he's been doing really good. Um, he has a history of being a bit inconsistent, but I am always 100% behind him, and I'm expecting big things for him to prove why he should be a name to continue to stay in that starting lineup or yeah. the rotation at minimum. So I'm really excited to see what uh, Loffelson will be doing um, in these next two games specifically. A guy who we've talked about who maybe is in a bit of a sophomore slump this year, Jasper Loveson, one to watch from Parker. I love that. And uh, I agree. He'll need to perform well in the defensive midfield area probably alongside Paulo Ruiz, but maybe not. Brian Ojeda will be back for this game, so maybe Ojeda slots in there with Leffelsind. Regardless, make sure to watch this game, as I mentioned, June 24th at home, 7.30 p.m. kickoff time. Make sure to go to the game, or if you can't, at least watch the game. Should be a really fun one for the team. My last parting words on this episode is going to be that uh, Moses Nyman came in as a sub against DC United. I believe this was his first MLS action um, as a player in general, as this is his rookie season playing against the team that he grew up in the academy ranks with. He grew up playing in the academy ranks with DC United, gets his first minutes against them. So congrats to Moses Nyman for that. Um, Parker, do you have any final parting words for us on the episode today? I don't think I have anything to say. I want to thank you guys again for having me here and uh, look really looking forward to these next two games the rest of the week. Let's go RSL. Cody, what do you think? Any last minute words before we sign off? Yeah, well, thank you to Parker for joining yes. us. It's a pleasure having you. And I also want to shout out USA's victory over Canada in the yes. Nations League final. What a game that was. It was a 2-0 win. Uh, Fullerene Balogun obviously playing his second game, scoring his first goal for the national team. 
And uh, what what better way to do it than sealing the win against Canada in a Nations League final, uh, yeah. coming off the back of a three zero win against Mexico. So we really are looking like the national team is looking like the strongest team in North America, and that's really good to say. Yeah, so congrats I, to them. Absolutely, I can't believe I thought, forgot about that game. That's why. That's one of the reasons I'm in such a good mood right now is because. We won the Nations League against Canada, and we beat Mexico before that. So uh, USA is looking very good. No Wes McKenney, no Des, and no Miles Robinson in that game even. So We looked very good. Solid very defensively, good. very creative in the attack. It was a fun game to watch. Both were fun games to watch. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you all for listening once again. Thank you, Parker, for coming on, joining us today, and talking some RSL. And thank you all for to all of you for listening to the episode. Once again, you can find us at RSL Season Pass on Twitter, or you can find us at www.rslseasonpass.com. We've got all of our episodes there. Leave a rating and a review, please, if you feel so inclined. We're not begging you, but just, just asking you very kindly and nicely. And we really ap- appreciate the rating or review. Uh, make sure to also leave a question on the Pod Trivia database if you feel so inclined. You can find me at Ethan Kershaw9 on Twitter. You can find Cody at Cody Kershaw. Oh, geez. Not at Cody Kershaw. That's not going to happen. <laughs> at the Kodiak one on Twitter is where you can find him. And then Parker, can you go ahead and drop your handle? What is it? You can find me at Park Mikey. That's P-A-R-Q-M-I-K-E-Y. At Park Mikey is where you can find Parker. Go ahead and follow him and let him know how good of a job he did on the episode today. Once again, thank you all so very much for listening to the episode. We hope you have a fantastic week and weekend watching RSL, and we will talk to you all next week. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of RSL Season Pass. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review wherever you download your podcasts. If you didn't enjoy the show, uh, please keep that to yourself. Be sure to check back next week for a new episode. Same time, same place.